Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. Okay, everybody. I'm glad to see you all chatting. I hope that you're chatting about our question that's up on the screen. I have a little apology to make. When I wrote that slide, I put the wrong book, the bo- wrong book of the Bible. So we're in 1 Timothy. Kids can take a minute to just turn back about two pages. But before we do that, I'm going to pray. Um, as we pray today, we're going to draw on Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 18. Jesus' disciples asked him who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So with these words in our minds, let's talk to God together. Father God, Dear Father God, Thank you for the children that you have placed among us. It is a privilege to have young people in our church. Thank you for their energy and their curiosity and their individual personalities. Thank you that we have the opportunity to welcome them in your name. Help us to teach them faithfully from your word and to show them what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. As we teach them day by day, week by week, year by year, We pray that they would be eager to learn about you from your word. Give them hearts that are open to receive your free gifts of forgiveness and eternal life. Thank you, God, that children teach us how to relate to you. They go through the world without pretense, not trying to be more than they are. They are small and needy and they know it. They trust their adults to fulfill their every need. Please help us to trust you like those little children. Help us to know that you will always hold us close. The world can be a scary place for children and for adults. Help us to bring our fears and our uncertainties to you, whatever they may be today. Give us confidence that you are always listening and you are able and willing to act. Lord, we are all equal in your sight. Whatever our age, our culture, our stage of life, our personalities, our gifts, our struggles. You know each one of us by name and we are precious to you. Please help us to remember how much you love and care for us. Guide us as we seek to care for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, as the family of God. And please give us opportunities to love and serve our wider communities wherever you place us this week. Use us to bring people closer to you. Show us where you would have us serve and give us the courage to take those opportunities that you bring in your strength and for your glory. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Now we're going to read together 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. I've got it right? Awesome. <laughs> Let's read together. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, 
for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. For th- and for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying, and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Thanks, Katrina. Uh, keep your Bibles open if you've got them there. We're going to pray and then we're going to have a look at this passage. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thanks so much again that we can gather together as a family. Thank you for um, the gift that it is to be present in one room. Lord, we thank you too that you are a God who is present with us and that you speak to us. And we pray now that whoever we are, whatever age we are, whatever stage of life we're at, whatever's been going on for us, we pray that right now you would give us the grace to hear what you're saying. And we pray that this would transform us and change us. We pray that your word would do what it needs to in our hearts this morning, that we may be different people as the, the ones who walk out as the ones to walk, that walked in. We pray for your grace in this this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So what does God want for you? Have you ever asked that question? What does God want for me? You know, for me, that has been a question that has come up so many times in my life. In different stages, whatever stage that I've been in, whenever the future's uncertain, whenever you find yourselves at kind of this crossroads or you want to know what's next, wouldn't it be great if God could just tell us what He wants? You know, I remember the first time it was in high school, uh, grade 11 and 12. I didn't know what I was going to do after school, and everyone else seemed to figure it out. And so I just thought, God, if you could just tell me what you want for me, what's going to happen after school, that would be so much easier. And then I could tell that to everyone who's asking me. Then after school, I went and studied, and after a few years was at Bible college. And that's the same thing. At university, you're always wondering what's next. What job are you going to get when you finish? And I I remember thinking, it seems like everyone else has got it figured out. God, why can't you just tell me, what do you want for me? Then Elizabeth and I started dating. And Elizabeth had all the qualities of of a godly wife, but I still was wondering, God, is this the future you want for us? Is this what you want for me? And can you tell me that so I can move a bit quicker? And I think she would have preferred that as well, to get married and get on with life because this is what you want. You know, I know I'm not alone in this. We've all asked questions like this. God, what do you want for me? You know, whenever we feel like the future's uncertain or a little bit unclear, if God could just reveal that to us, if he could just show us what he wants for us, it'd be so much easier. Well, this morning, as we gather together this morning, uh, today, and open up our Bibles, there's good news and bad news. So the bad news is, let's get that out of the way. The bad news is, by the end of this passage, you may not know what you should study next year. But the good news is, God actually does tell us. He tells us what He wants for us in whatever season. And in this passage today, in these short verses, we're going to spend some time thinking about four things that God wants for us. Four things that God wants for us. And we're going to do things a bit different. We're going to fly through these four. And then we're going to hear from some people. We're going to have some interviews. That's where we're going today. But let's open up our Bibles to begin with and see what God wants for us. As we pick it up in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it starts like this. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Okay, what does God want for us? 
Well, the first thing we see in this first verse is he wants us to be a people who pray. Okay, you get a sense of how urgent this is as well, don't you? Like he says that, I urge you. And then he says, not if you have time, not if you remember at the end of the day, but first of all, I urge you, first of all, be people who pray. And what does this prayer look like? Well, it's all-encompassing. You know, he he uses four words to describe the all-encompassing nature of this prayer. Petitions, so if you want things, pray for those things. Prayers, if you want to speak to God, pray to God. Intercession on behalf of people. And then thanksgiving, pray in thanksgiving, thanking God, the giver of all things. Prayer, it's all-encompassing. Be a people who pray. And this is what God wants for us. All-encompassing. And notice it's for all people as well. So, so essentially, what we're seeing here is be a people who pray all of the time for all people. That's what God wants for us. God is essentially asking us to bother Him, right? That's what He wants for us. He wants us to come to Him all of the time, to just bother Him with our prayers. Now, don't you love how different God is to us in this moment? You know, when we see God is inviting us all of the time for all people, where nothing's too big or too small, to come to Him He's just so different to us because as humans, we know what it's like to be limited and to be bothered, right? Maybe this morning on the way to church, you've already been bothered by some people in your household, but we know this feeling. For me, it's, it's when I got two things going at one time because I can't do two things at once. And if I'm on my phone or if I'm watching something and someone tries to talk to me, I can't do that. That's, that's a bother and it's kind of like, that's enough for me. Maybe it's different for you. Maybe it's in your me time. You know, are you someone who needs me time? Maybe it's that. Maybe it's as you're going to sleep at night and you just need the other person to be quiet because you're drifting off and going to sleep. We know what it is to be bothered. As humans, we are limited in this. But God, He's not. He's different, right? Because He's saying, pray all of the time for all people. So not just when it suits Him, not just when He's got the capacity for you, but Anytime, at any place, where nothing's too big or too small, God is inviting you to pray. And we see here, this is what God wants for us. God wants us to be a people who pray. So, so you see, whatever season we're in, even if we're not sure what's next, even if we don't know what to study or what job we should take, if we are praying, we are doing what God wants. There is a beauty in this. If we're actually declaring to God our prayers, our intercessions, if we're praying to Him in thanksgiving, we can know in that moment we are where God wants us to be. The first thing God wants for us is that we would be a people of prayer. But this isn't all we see as we keep moving. Because there's four things, and the second thing we see as we keep moving in this passage is that God wants us to be like Jesus. So notice this as we keep reading in verse 2. He says this, Pray for all people in verse 1, and then he says, For kings... And all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. The second thing God wants for us is that we would live lives of godliness and holiness. And to be godly is simply to live like Jesus. Jesus showed us what God was like. You know, when He walked, when He laid His life down for people, when He loved people, when He cared for people, when He spoke about the kingdom of God, He's showing us, He's showing us exactly what it means to live a godly life. And what we see is the second thing that God wants for us, He wants us to be like Jesus and to grow in this. Now, you notice where it starts there, because it starts with praying for your kings and those in authority. And this is interesting because you think about the context of the day that they're living, okay? So back 2,000 years ago, they're under Roman rule. 
And Roman rule, the, the rulers were not like your post-Christian rulers. They didn't have Christian ethics or values. It wasn't a democratic system where you could vote the people in. They were just there. In fact, the kings probably killed their way to being king. That's how they got to that point. They were not great rulers. They were often oppressive and they were often crippling and they often weren't great for people who were Christians. But what are they called to do here? They're called to pray for them. They're called to pray for their leaders. Now, you see this. It's not pray for the leaders you voted in. It's not pray for the leaders you like. It's pray for the leaders you have. Pray for the leaders you have. And why are you praying for them? Well, it's so that they may lead in a way that results in you being able to live a peaceful and quiet life for the purpose of godliness. So the key is where it leads. It leads to being godly. Now, this is crucial as we understand this verse here, because who doesn't want peace? We all want peace. Every person here wants to live a peaceful and quiet life. And you might have said that before, you might have prayed that before, but I think sometimes when we want this or pray for this, it's not for the purpose of godliness, it's for the purpose of peace and quiet. Right? We want peace and quiet so that we can have some peace and quiet, so that we can live whatever life we want to live, so that we can you know, chase our dreams so that we can have some fun, so that we can play some games, so that I can go fishing, so that we can do what we want to do, chase the dream we want to chase. We want peaceful and quiet lives so that we can live the life that I have defined for myself that I want to live. But you notice here, it's not pray for peace and quiet so that you can live, you know, the middle class dream that we're presented. It's pray for peace and quiet so that it results in godliness, so that you can grow to be more like Jesus, so that you can lay your life down for other people, so that you can serve other people, so that you can speak about God's kingdom, so that you can welcome outsiders in, so that you can grow in love and joy and peace and patience. This is the purpose of peace and quiet. Now, it is worth us reflecting on this in a, uh, for a moment because we know that right now in 2022, not everyone around the world is experiencing this. You know, we've been hearing lots about the war in Ukraine still happening. And I don't know if you've seen these stories that have come out from Ukraine, but a few weeks ago, I was watching this video uh, of, a, of a girl who was in her mid-20s. It was so relatable. She was um, a magazine editor in Kiev, and she was mid-20s, she had an apartment in the city, and she was saying before the war, what she did, oh, she also studied Bachelor of Theology, so what I studied, she studied that part-time, and she had an apartment in the city where on Friday nights her friends would come over and they'd drink wine. And here she is telling this story with nothing as she's immigrating to Poland. And it's so relatable to see what she had and what she lost. And we've seen stories of this. We've seen families being pulled apart. We've seen dads and mums go and fight in the battle. And we've seen just how destructive war is, how it messes with people, how it messes with what you had and what you have now. And then we flick it off, right? We close our app. We close the article. We turn the phone off. And then we open our eyes and we're here in Brisbane. And what do we have? We have peace and quiet. That's not our experience, right? We 
are here right now. We can switch off the war and we can get on with our lives. Now, at some point, we need to ask, what's the point of this? Why has God allowed us to have peace and quiet? Well, he says it here. The purpose of this peace and quiet is so that we can get on with being more like Jesus. You know, I think Ukrainians would do anything to have our experience, and especially our brothers and sisters who live there. They would love to be here so that they can grow in their godliness. Peace and quiet is meant to result in being more godly, not more worldly, where we become more like Jesus. Where we get on with speaking about Him. Where we grow in our knowledge of Him. Where we love like Him. Where we serve like He served. Where we center our lives on Him. The purpose of what we have right now, of when we walk out these doors, is so that we can get on with being like Jesus. And when we do this, we know we're doing what God wants. When we participate in the life that Jesus lived, this is what God wants for us. He wants us to pray, and He wants us to live a life like He did. So you see the first two things there, right? That we pray, God wants that. He wants you to pray. He wants you to live a life like Jesus. But we keep going. We see another thing that God wants for us. He wants us to be a people who believe. These verses are so good. Verse 3, He says this, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. The third thing God wants for us is he wants us to believe. Now, you really get the picture of God's heart here. What does God want in these verses he wants the world to know how they can be saved. That's God's heart. He doesn't delight in anyone perishing. He wants everyone to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's what He wants. This is why Easter's so good. It's a moment where we all stop and celebrate this. This is what it's all about. It's the fact that our God desperately desires that all people would come to know the truth. And what is the truth? Well, it's, it's this. The truth is that God, the infinite, just judge of the world, declares that the punishment for, death, for sin is death, right? Us rejecting, ignoring God, we deserve death. We should pay for our blood for that price. But God, who is the infinite judge and the perfect just king, is also so good and loving and merciful and gracious. And so God entered into our world and Jesus stepped in between us and God. And He paid the ransom for us so that if we believe in Him, we can go free. God desires everyone comes to know this truth. That's what these verses say. God wants everyone to know the truth about how they can be saved. Which means explicitly this morning, God wants you to know this. And He wants you to believe in Him. The God who made you loves you. And He cares about you enough to tell you the destination of what you believe. And He wants you to come to believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And what is so good about this is when we do, right, we have forgiveness of our sins. We enter into the relationship with God. We have Him as our Father. We know our eternity is secure. But you know what? More than that, when we believe, we are doing what God wants. This is what He wants. He wants us, in whatever season we're in, to hold on to the precious beauty of what Jesus did at the cross. You see what God wants? He wants us to believe. So first, 
pray. Second, live like Jesus. Third, believe. And then finally, one more thing that God wants for us. He wants us to speak about Jesus. Have a look at verse 7. It says this, For this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. And a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. The final thing God wants for us from this passage is He wants us to speak about Him. Do you notice the connecting language Paul uses here between what's just come and what he says? It's for this purpose. He's saying everything that's just happened. So if we're praying for people, if we're becoming more like Jesus, if we grasp the heart of God, then what it results in is that we become heralds of this truth. We speak about it. That's what happens. It's one thing leads to another. And it doesn't matter which way you put that, but you you could call it maturity leads to mission. You could say that. You could say godliness leads to speaking about Jesus. Whichever way you want to put it, you can see if we're praying and if we're becoming like Jesus and if we grasp the heart of God that he doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to a knowledge of the truth, then it will result in us speaking about Jesus. And when we do that, well, that's what God wants for us. So you see, whatever season you're in, you know, whatever season, even if you're at a crossroads, even if you don't know what happens next, if we're doing these things, we know we are right where God wants us. And we know we are doing His will for us if we're praying, if we're growing in our faith, growing like Jesus, if we're believing in Him, and if we're speaking, we are doing what God wants. Now this morning, as we think about what this looks like, We want to think about that practically. We want to go, okay, so so how does this play out for us? And I said up front, we're going to do things a little bit different. So in a moment, I'm going to invite some people up, and we're going to hear about how they've been doing this last one, how they've been speaking about Jesus, because it's so encouraging. I've heard these stories before, and I love it. So we're going to hear from some people, and then after that, we're going to pray, okay? And hopefully at the front door, you got one of those three, two, one cards. I'm going to explain that, but we're going to spend a moment practicing the first thing together as a church this morning. So I'm going to invite some people up. I'm going to invite James and Chrissy and Karen and Josh and Adriana up. And if you can please encourage them as they come up. Come on, encourage them. Because all of these guys, I'm pretty sure, didn't want to come up. But I asked them to. Okay. Thank you. Come right into the middle. Don't be shy. All right. Okay, uh, I'm going to pass this to James. James, you're up first. Now, if you, what, whatever we talk about is just the beginning of a conversation I hope that we can have with these guys and with each other after the service today. But that last point this morning, we, we're talking about speaking about Jesus, and so you're all up here for a version of that, okay? So James, let's start with you. We talked about Cole uh, a couple of weeks ago, a guy who, I don't know if I'll spoil the story, but tell us where your relationship with Cole started. Uh, Cole has worked um, for me uh, for quite a few years and then I got an opportunity to work actually side by side with him on the same project Um, and yeah we just built a conversation, um, got to know him, um, talked about life um, and then he he found another job and went elsewhere and so that's sort of where Cole came into my life. Yeah, so you've known him for a long time. And then it's sort of the relationship had some distance. But uh, he began uh, began coming to Alpha uh, at the 
the beginning of term four. So tell us a bit about how, how that happened and what happened with that. Even though he didn't work for us anymore, um, we'd built enough of a relationship that he, we kept contact mainly by phone and just seeing how each other's lives were travelling. Um, he called me one time when some stuff was going on in his life which was quite devastating for him so we just invited him for a meal. Um, so he came over and yeah one thing led to another. Um, I, I think it's Ben just says he's always talked about layers like putting down a layer um, so yeah it's just opportunities we don't have to get people to you know whether we get they, we get that wonderful opportunity where they actually give their life um, to Christ. We just put down a layer, so there's no pressure. So we were just sitting there chatting, and it just felt like the right time. We had a alpha card on the dining table, and Chrissy actually um, gave it to him, and he just wouldn't put it down. He just kept like fidgeting with it, and. Anyway, we still went to bed and we both, when we did it, we had a fair bit going on in our lives at the time and thought, ah, oh, we haven't got time for this. Um, and we laid in bed and thought, ah, oh, he won't come anyway. Like, <laughs> But if he does come, like, we're meant to be there and, and he's meant to be there. So it was, yeah, that's pretty much how we got to Alpha, yeah. probably through us just feeling no pressure because we could just give him a card and if he said yes, he said yes. If he yeah. said no, he said no. That's so good. And we know the how, how the story ended. We know that he became a Christian. We know that uh, he's connecting into a church at the Gold Coast. It's so good. And I'm so encouraged that even though the season of your life, you know, if you look at where you're going through at that moment, it wasn't quite, things didn't line up. You know, you didn't wait for everything to line up, but you thought, here's, here's the card, here's our step, we're going to do this. And if God does it, he does it. That's so good. You want to add anything else to that? I, I think just on that is... Um, God actually needed. <laughs> I think God needed me to be there. Yeah. I just want to get this out. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter just said that I cry about buildings. <laughs> but it, it's actually about people. Yeah. And our season was pretty tough at the time, um, but God needed me to be at Alpha. Yeah. To actually understand the basics of Christianity, what it means to be accepted by Christ, to be saved by him, and live a life that's bigger than takes a life from being to yourself but it's all about others and you know whether we're in the midst of really good times bad times it doesn't change God's called us for one purpose and that is to bear witness um, and I got to experience the joy of seeing someone come to faith but got also the joy of being refreshed and renewed in my own spirit yeah which I think is valuable even if you bring someone along and they don't make that commitment it maybe wasn't their time but you will come away enriched from being part of an alpha course yeah just going back to what it is 
um, to have a f- to have a faith and, and remember this the wonderful gift that he's given. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I know it's hard to get in front of people and to do that. So I really appreciate that, James. Thank you so much. And if you want to hear more about that story, please chat to James after the service. Now, let's go to Chrissy. Chrissy, you run a ministry. Yeah, yeah, good luck. <laughs> you got to get the tears out first and then mm-hmm. everyone will cry yeah. from that point on. Chrissy, um, you run a ministry for us here at mm-hmm. Southside called English for Life. Yeah. Um, not many of us maybe even know that. So okay. I want to know what... It is what that commitment looks like for you, and then why do you do that as well? Um, we meet here during the school term on Wednesday mornings. Um, we meet together in the Cube, um, have coffee together. Ben kindly makes us coffee, all the students and the volunteers. Um, and then we have an English class, um, mainly conversational English, sort of fairly topical, what we think the students might um, need to yeah practice their English with um, and then which is a lot of fun we have a lot of laughs um, and we try and get the students to practice their English as much as possible Um, yeah we learn a lot about each other and about um, each other's culture and lots of things there's a lot of friendship developing there um, and yeah it's beneficial for both yeah, the students and volunteers, we learn a lot. I've learned a lot about my language, yeah. um, just the wonder of it, really, and, yeah, reminded again, um, yeah, just, yeah, that it's a gift from God. Um, and then afterwards, we um, offer a Bible study. So, um, yeah, some of the students stay behind for that. So it's just simple Bible reading, and we sort of discuss the passage and answer some questions. And, yeah, so that's pretty much, yeah, the Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I do it, um, I love my language and love to be able to help people in that. Um, I've got an interest in people from other cultures and learning about them and their stories. And um, and I also think, yeah, it's, it gives a great opportunity to develop friendships and, you know, trusting relationships so that there are opportunities to, to share the love of Jesus with yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. So good. Mm. Thank you. If you want to know more information about English for Life, please yes. come and chat to Chrissy. Yes. All right, let's go to Karen. Thank you, Chrissy, for that. Karen, um, we want to talk to you about uh, Mark and Tanya. Uh, they've been joining us over the last little while at Southside. You might have been able to meet them at some point, but I want to know where that relationship begin for you and them, and what were you kind of thinking as that relationship kicked off? Um, so our children started kindy together, um, and... That's where I met uh, Tanya and Mark, and I guess it was just a friendship. Um, didn't have any alternative motives. We're just, you know, our kids were hanging out, so we were doing life with them. So, yeah, that's where we met, and that was about 11 years ago. 11 years ago. That's good. We'll come back to that maybe in a moment. Now, Mark and Tanya, tell us about their journey in the last little while and the journey that they've been on with you, you Church, Alpha, all of that sort of stuff. So, um, I guess we just were doing life with them. Um, I was very open about my faith um, and, um, yeah, the choice of the kindy that we chose because the women there were Christians and, um, yeah, so we just um, invited them to our house and us to theirs and um, we also, there was another person from church, Janet, and her son were at the same kindy um, and... 
yeah, just if any questions came up, answered those. Um, the questions mainly came from as the kids progressed, they went to a Christian school and their son was learning, um, yeah, things about God and asking them questions. So they were coming to me with questions. Yeah. Um, so that was really good um, inroad, I guess, um, to be able to talk about that. And just um, invited them to anything that was available to invite them to at church. So they came to um, Carol's for about, I don't know, six years or seven years. Um, they, uh, if there were women's events, boys invited Tanya to those. So she started to get, get comfortable, I guess, with this building. Um, and then um, my kids invited her son to come to um, youth. And yeah, they went to youth together. And so Tanya was here and Mark dropping Sam off every Friday. So that was another uh, interaction. And then Janet invited um, them to Alpha, which we ran online. Uh, they came to one and then didn't come to any others. So that was a bit disappointing. Um, but then we had the opportunity of Alpha in person and um, Janet invited them and there was no kind of answer. And it was the next, it was, I think I saw them on the Saturday and I was like, do you want to come to this on Tuesday? And I was like, again, like James, if they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. No pressure. And then she was like, oh, yeah, I'll come. And, yeah, just came the first night and then the next week and the next week. Um, and the question of have you opened the door of your heart to Jesus? And she said, yeah, I think I've already done that. So that was just like, wow. Um, and, yeah, it was just so encouraging that she came, became a Christian, has started coming to church, knowing people here and how welcoming people have been. Um, yeah, it was just so encouraging um, to be part of that. Yeah, that's so good. And I love thinking about the idea 11 years ago the journey started. And this is that thing I think too, James is sort of mentioning with the layers, layers. like you don't know what platform you're building for someone else. Yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a long journey and it's to never give up on it and yeah. just keep asking because yeah. one day they'll say yes. Yeah. Um, well, that's right. So, and, and it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, they came to that first alpha last year and then stopped and then you went, well, let's go again. And they came to the second. Yeah. So good. And I think it was from different angles. Um, yeah. God has been working in their lives. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate that. All right. Let's go to Josh. Now, Josh, um, your story, I guess, is a little bit different, but uh, we want to celebrate that too. So you, you've been on uh, with us doing a traineeship here at church, if people don't know that. Uh, and you've been mentioning to me that you've been finding it difficult to know how to do mission and where do you start. So tell us if you've found any resources, good resources in that to help you in that journey. Yeah, um, I'm actually, funnily enough, have the book right here. Uh, it's a, a book I read this year called How to Talk About Jesus Without Being That Guy. Um, yeah, so this is what it looks like. It's been very, very helpful uh, at any experience level, really, just teaching you how to have that conversation, how to how to listen to people better, and and yeah, just a whole bunch of really useful information. So I highly recommend that one. Yeah, good. Yeah. And I want to take this opportunity too. You can tell this wasn't planted at all. We didn't know this was going to happen. I think that book, in terms of the books that I've read in the last nine months, is the best book that I've read for this present moment to think about missions. So if you're wondering, how do I do this? The book's there. And uh, it's not a cheap book. 
$27 or something. We got five copies here this morning. If you will read that book, I'll give it to you for whatever price you want to pay for that book. But I've only got five copies for it. So if you've only got five bucks but you'll read it, then come and see me and we'll do it. If you have no money but you'll read it, come and see me and I'll give it to you and you can read it. It is so helpful. And, you know, I guess whatever stage you're at, you know, you basically didn't know where to start. I feel like for me, I've kind of been on this journey for a few years now and yet it was still so helpful for both of us in wherever we're at. So I just want to highlight that can't speak highly enough of that book there, How to Speak About Jesus Without Being That Guy, and the author is Sam Chan. Okay, now, have you been out of practice anything from that book, and how'd that go? Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's been really good actually at Alpha, because we're, we're part of the Alpha team, so we're there every, every time we meet. Um, it's really handy for, you know, just learning how to listen to people, how to talk to people, so it helps that whole process go a lot smoother. Um, we have been practicing a little bit in our own lives. Uh, we actually haven't managed to bring anyone al- along to Alpha so far. I've asked a few people, and so far no takers, um, but nothing bad's happened. <laughs> We're still friends with those people, and, and yeah, so I guess that's probably the biggest takeaway, is that even if it doesn't go you know, the way you want it to, it's, yep. it's just still fine. Yeah, yeah, so even though they didn't come, you're still friends. Yes. Yeah. Just wanted to highlight that. So often we think, what's going to happen if we have these conversations? And I'm glad that you were able to share that. Yeah. All right, let's get to Adriana. So Adriana, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that discussion that you guys have had and how, that, how you worked through that afterwards and stuff like that. Um, I guess it's, it's like, uh, do you mean like with inviting people yeah. and then they're not yeah. coming? Um, it's... It's like what everyone has spoken about already, really. Um, it's about the layers and building that relationship. So I, um, someone I've invited a couple of times who hasn't taken us up on it is my brother. Um, and the first time I asked him, I was terrified. And I basically, I started off by saying, look, I'm really sorry, I have to ask you this, but yeah, will you come to Alpha? <laughs> um, and he said no. Um, and then the second time, we actually had like a good conversation about it. Again, I think reading the book really helped me realize, um, again, building that relationship, letting them know that you're coming from a good place when you ask them like to come as well. Um, And I realized too, like I was assuming a lot about him and his journey and where he was at. Um, So yeah, just tried to have a conversation about what his faith really was. Again, I still don't think I, got it properly right. I probably, again, still told him the things I thought he needed to hear um, were, again, just reading the book and about the act of listening um, and really just prompting with questions, letting him talk, I think, the next time I talk to him and invite him again. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, go better. So. Yeah. Uh, do you want to add anything else from the book that you found helpful as well? Um, I guess just the idea of um, there's this great idea about just merging your universes. So again, sort of thinking about, um, I guess for the longest time, I didn't think I had anybody to invite other than my brother. Um, But yeah, it just talks really well about, um, yeah, just making sure you do move in circles that have um, like non-Christian people there that... um, again that like each other in this community is a great resource so um have meals invite people from church invite people outside of church and just yeah have them mingle and 
And um, so again, if you know somebody that, but you feel like maybe you can't build that relationship, I'm sure there's someone here at church that could relate to them, maybe do the same sort of work and, and could build their relationship for you. Yeah, that's such a helpful point and such a great thing that he speaks about uh, in the book, which is basically, I think, what Karen's speaking about, that you're not just by yourself. Mission is a team sport yeah. and we have a whole team with us in this building. And so, you know, if you've got neighbours who aren't Christians and you don't know how to get that step there, mm. have a meal with some people from church and your neighbours. So you're merging the universes mm. is the idea. It's such a great thing that you bring up there and so helpful. And if you want more information about that, it's in the book. Yeah. We got five <laughs> copies. Okay. Now, uh, Adriana, you have joined us. And this is our last question. So, mm. you know, bring it home for us. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Um, you were at a table with two women exploring their faith at Alpha yeah. in the last, uh, the last course that we've just finished. Can you just tell us about that and the highlight of that journey mm -hmm. for you and for them as you think about it? Yeah, um, so it's two women, um, Beck and Emily. Um, and I think, I guess what was really um, great and encouraging was that no one actually really directly invited them. They both um, saw Alpha on social media. Um, Emily had been here through Playgroup and Beck had sort of been a couple of times just sort of checking out churches. Um, and then they both just saw these ads on social media and um, sort of said that they felt like God was speaking to them and wanted them to, to come. Um, and I guess, yeah, um, highlight would be they both expressed just how Alpha and that, like for Emily, that night of the week, she said was like her one like peaceful night that she sort of got away from the kids and, um, and just... Beck as well. So she shared that she suffers from social anxiety um, and that she basically had to pump herself up every every Tuesday to come, but she still did come. And um, yeah, I thought that was just really encouraging. And yeah. yeah, so good. Do you want to share your highlight as well? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's really, um, I think James expressed it really well. Um, and you spoke about this as well in your sermon, just, um, just the personal growth for myself. Um, you sort of talked about um, maturity leading to mission but I think it also goes both ways like definitely I've matured so much from doing mission um, and that's it like I don't think I definitely didn't feel like I was ready or good at talking to people but um, yeah you just grow so much and you just see what Jesus is doing like yeah. for you in this as well. So. Yeah, and we've seen that in you too, Adriana. Yeah. I just want to say that as well. You began our Alpha team with a lot of anxiety as well. I'm not sure where you fit. You shared your testimony to our mm -hmm. team, and then now you lead a small group and you're all over it. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's so true, and we appreciate that so much. Um, any of these guys are up for a chat after service. Can we please thank these guys as they leave the stage? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, now what we're going to do as we wrap up is we're going to spend some time praying. So on your way in this morning, I hope that you got a prayer card. If you didn't, we've got some welcomers around that are going to give those out and that you need a pen as well. So if you don't have a prayer card or if you don't have a pen, uh, we've got some welcomers. Just raise your hand to them, but let me explain what these are. So these prayer cards... They're simply three, two, one cards that we do at Southside. The idea is we write three names of people down who don't yet know Jesus. Uh, we pray for two minutes once a day. Uh, the idea is we begin this here this morning, but we put this somewhere that we will remember. 
Uh, I think for me, what I've learned is to put it in my Bible rather than somewhere that becomes, you know, that I forget about. So, you know, on my, in my car or on my computer, sometimes I forget about that. I see it, but I glaze over it. But the idea is we do this regularly each day. But we do this because God calls us to pray. Okay, so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask uh, our tech team to play some music in a moment. And then we're going to spend two minutes to write these names and inwardly in our hearts spend some time praying for these people. Okay, that's what we're doing. Fill out those prayer cards. We'll spend a couple of minutes doing that. And then I'm going to wrap up in a moment to pray all together. And then we'll sing some songs. So let's take a a chance to do that now to begin praying for these people. Let's close in prayer together. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would hear our prayers this morning. We pray that you would work among us. God, as we've thought about and shared this morning, we want to be the people that you want us to be. And we want to pursue the things you want us to pursue. And we want to do this because you are a God that doesn't delight in anyone perishing, but you want everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth about Jesus. So God, we pray that we would be a church who prays. We pray that this would be a habit we're able to form and continue and grow in. And we pray that in many years' time, we would be able to look back to this moment and see how you have answered our prayers and worked among us. How you have worked through weak and broken vessels to show people the beauty of Jesus. So we pray for this and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work in us and through us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.